0: Hello and welcome back to Access All Areas podcast, proudly sponsored by CCFC Fan Store, your one-stop shop for all unofficial CCFC merchandise. We are going back on our virtual tour via our Club 92 series and I'm relieved to say I'm once again, after a slight hiatus... Joined by my co-host AD. ad how you been, mate?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm good. to say hiatus. I COVID ridden, mate. It was the house was the house of doom, mate. I think it was a <laughs> a month and a half that the house had COVID. So it's it's yeah, it caused me some issues, didn't it? Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and the way things are found with our uh, with our releases uh, and everything else, I think it's probably been about six weeks since people would have heard me and you talk together.
1: It, it um, must be, mate. It must be. Yeah, we, yeah, we did it we did a massive crossover. I did a couple, you did a couple, but it's good to get back together and get the show yeah. on the road again.
0: 100%. Um, today, mate, we're going back to the big smoke. We're going back to the capital. Um, and one of my favourite grounds. Oh, I love going there this season, apart from the resort. I'm going to swap all things QPR. Um, and to help us do that, we are joined by one member of the QPR pod um, and writer for the QPR blog, Loft for Words. Clive, Clive, how are you
2: doing, mate? Good lads, I'm good. How are you? Covid Covid subsided?
1: Thank, thankfully it has. Not not around the country, clearly, or around yeah, schools no. my kids are in. It's fucking
2: horrendous, so uh, it continues. I had it for Christmas. It was brilliant. Oh, didn't have oh. to see anyone, didn't have to talk to anyone, just sat and watched old films. It was amazing. But, the but, one bone there was at
1: the least there's no frigging football going on. <laughs> didn't miss anything.
2: Oh,
0: don't even get me started on that. That's one thing that's kind of really done my head in over the break that the christmas break is so i was off work i had tickets for cardiff on boxing day got called off stoke at home called off lupin at home called off and you just think that's what i watch for football like, there's
1: nothing i care about then again we'll f- throw back mate that that match you've got sandwiches in between but did, the. Oh, i don't even want to go there that millwall game mate oh. yeah we won't we talk about that mate we no we we're that. swiftly moving on
0: <laughs> yeah we were swiftly moved on and talk about the london club that we here, are here to talk about um, I I think the best thing to do is go back to the start one thing that always fascinates me especially with London clubs is there's a lot of competition for your attention um, to support those clubs
2: so what was it that got you into supporting QPR? I'm from Grimsby as well so this is going to be an odd (laughs) one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah it's going to be a weird one for you sorry. Um, uh, Dad um, forced it on me I guess not not quite Um, he was um, he worked in London in the seventies when QPR were pretty amazing and ran Liverpool close for the title. Um, so it's glory hunting, I guess, glory glory hunting gone wrong. Um, my mum, my mum sort of hates football and hates QPR in particular, uh, basically sort of ruined her life and her marriage. So, uh, dad was under strict instructions not to, uh, do the whole you know father forcing it on the son thing when I came along he wasn't allowed to mention QPR or football to me unless I mentioned it to him which lasted until I was about seven or eight mm. I didn't really have any interest in football until then and all the little boys at my school used to tease me about it and because we were in Grimsby obviously everyone was a Man United fan makes sense right of course, <laughs> of course. And um, so I got we, the we get that, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get the piss ripped out of me for not liking football by all these little man united tosses and um <laughs> new, new year's day 1992, qPR went to man United. there wasn't a lot of TV football around then as well, but all my family was gathered around the TV and my dad was at the match and qPR won four one at Man um sort of cost them the title and Leeds went on to win the title. Great result for qPR, but I was like isn't that dad's team and then like waited for him to come <laughs> waited for him to come home that night to tell me all about it drunk and dad and was like, well, showed. yeah he's like well that counts that counts he's showing an interest and yeah like three days later put me in the car in grimsby to take me to southampton away in the fa cups at like the longest possible trip you could <laughs> ever Uh, and buoyed by our 4-1 win at Man United and a massive travelling following and I thought that we might do something in the cup this year with this great team we had we got done 2-0 and missed a penalty and I was (laughs) really bored bored and cold and I've been bored and cold at just about every QPR match since then
1: can, can, of that of that match, you talk about Miss Penn. Who is it, Mister Penn? So no that no so, more. You know straight away who that well,
2: is. Well, this is the th- this is the thing. I have thought until very very recently that it was Clive Wilson who missed the penalty, but somebody said to me in the pub the other day that it was actually Roy Wegerley. As yeah, I link. And, and then Clive Wilson got the penalty taking duties after that. Um, oh Lord! I haven't, I haven't actually gone back and checked, but I could have sworn it was Clive Wilson. Um, we actually had him on our pod last week, so I should have, I should have asked him, was <laughs> him but I felt, sort of ba- I felt sort of bad bringing it up. but. Um... Oi, Clive! <laughs> yeah. Did you
1: wreck my only dream at that age? coming yeah, on our game, podcast. Yeah.
2: Did you miss a penalty on my first game? So, no, I need to go back and check. I thought it was Clive Wilson, but apparently it was Roy Weggley. See, that's probably, I think
0: you're the first person that would have said to us their first game was an away game.
2: Yeah, so not it. Well, every yeah. game when you live in Grimsby, <laughs> yeah. every, every game's an away game, right?
1: I, I think more so the fact that you've gone. I took an interest three days before I went to my first game as well. I think mine was a bit of a slow burner, and I look back and I know we touch upon this a lot in terms of where we were. But even so, I, I had an interest in it. I don't think I went until probably the Christmas games, the Boxing Day games, like that, because it was the tickets were bought for Christmas and it was a present and blah 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 blah. But yeah, I don't ever think there's been that says oh, I took an interest in it. Three days later, I was off to Southampton. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. well, my dad and was as well. my dad was a pretty extreme guy, and um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar, I guess. And I now look the same now. when my hair's fallen out, so like <laughs> his dad's mates all point at me at the games and like sort of oh, it's spooky. you know. yeah, thanks, that's Gone sure, bald. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you, you touch on you know going to games and we said the away games, but there's nothing like that first time you walk in home. Um, for, for me it was Holyfield Road um, but for yourself it would have been um, Lo- Loftus Road which, you know, very famous stadium. Can you, can you remember your first time walking in?
2: No, I don't, no. Um, wow. Yeah, my um, I, I first season going was that the back half of that 91-92 season and then I had a season ticket 92-93 so the first home game. But I don't have any specific memories of the first home game but you know, I remember where we where we stood because we stood in in the same place every week, and and Loftus Road basically looks exactly the same now as it did back then, bar yeah. the terracing replacements. I feel really sorry for you guys because I didn't think there was really a lot wrong with Highfield Road, and mm. you've ended up you've ended up parked where you've been parked and moved around the country, and even when you do get back to the Rico, it's not or whatever it's called now, it's not exactly uh, temple of uh, temple of football, is it? So um, concrete ball, mate. Yeah, yeah, so if QPR, if QPR ever did that, I mean, there's talk about moving out of Loftus Road now and where we're going to go and how we're going to do it and stuff like that. If Q, QPR would have to get that right, I think, because so much of it, what it is about going to QPR is is that silly little ground we play in with no leg room and, you know, everyone on which top is, of the pitch. Which is wicked. I, I touched
0: on it in the intro. Um, I come down for the game this year, the 2-0 loss. Wow, 2-0 victory for, for you guys. Um and I remember just—I I was on the top tier behind the goal, right, right on the front. I remember just looking around and thinking, like I could see Trevor Sinclair's bicycle kick. I could see Les Ferdinand diving to score. You know, diving with a header. I, I could see all i could see Adal Torat tearing people to pieces. And it was like, you know, it's just, it's a ground steeped in history. Um, as an away fan, I hope you don't go. I, I, I really don't. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it basically, it kills the club every year we're there, right? Because it costs an absolute fortune yeah, to run sure. it, and it, you know, can't use it during the week, limited attendances. We know it's, you know, it's a bit of a shithole. We know it's tight. I know the away end from what people have told me and shown me, like, the concourse behind is an absolute joke and not really <laughs> safe and all of that. But I'm, I am I kind of like grounds like that. I prefer going to, to Bramall Lane and Hillsborough and, and places like that rather than... Just... Like Derby, Leicester, Southampton, places like that, Coventry, sorry. Like, yeah, no, I no, 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 said the
1: strange. same. We had the same conversation with Skibby, uh, Fallen Fun, didn't we? In terms of cottage, going, that's an amazing ground. It's steep yeah, in history. Yeah, I love history. I, I mean, we've, I'm not
2: meant to, right? But I, yeah. I, I, I love <laughs> yeah. that as well.
1: And I've, I've never been to the cottage and I'm like, I'm looking forward to trying to get there if I can get there, put it that way, work and stuff like that. But I, I say the same about your ground. I, I look at those grounds, steep in history, great old grounds. I hate modern grounds. So I look mm. at that, and I look at, and I know people go, oh, they've been to Tottenham. Tottenham Stadium's great. It's great. It does all this, but I'm like, yeah, but it's it's not an old stadium. It's not it's not what football's about for me. If you look at the stadium. You want it to be a little bit intimidating. Uh, you know, you want it to be close. You want it to be tight. You want it to be horrible because you don't want the fans to enjoy it to be fair. If you're going away somewhere, you want want them to hate it and have a shit day out.
2: Yeah, well, we do. We interview our chief exec a lot and he's really good. He's obviously turned the club around and helped turn it around from the shambles it was under Hughes and Redknapp and people like that. So, yeah. and I completely get what he's saying. He lays out the business case really well. You know, Loftus Road brings in 5.6 million quid in season ticket revenue and costs 9 million pounds to run. Yeah. So before, you, before you've before you even started the season, you sort of, you, you're 3 million quid down before you've even, so I completely get the business plan. And if we were to move, it'd be about like getting the design of the ground right and making mm. sure that it's a unique stadium, not just the same as everybody else's stadium, you know, it's,
1: well,
0: yeah, uh, I, I think you're right there. You, you mentioned before Leicester, ourselves, MK Don's Southampton, that, that that they're all copy and paste, aren't they? Just, just different seats. Um, yeah, it's, it, about, it,
2: it's... it's been built on like budgets and it's, you know, budgets, sight lines. Where's the cheapest piece of land? How's it, what's the cheapest design? And... That's going to be your home for like no, unless ahead. something and bad also, happens. I was going
1: to ask like, that What to you what,
2: guys. What that's going to be your home for 120 years. years. You know, yeah. that's going mm. to be when people experience the club for the first time. So it should at least look different to bloody Leicester, shouldn't it? Yeah. Like I've, <laughs> I've have, they,
1: have they floated locations at all? They said about locations where it could be.
2: So we're running, we're running out really. There's been so many missed opportunities. When you walk to QPR's ground now, you just look around at all the building work that's gone on yeah. with the mm. Westfield and all of that, you just think. So many missed opportunities here. There could have been a spot for a football ground in amongst all of oh, this. Intense. There's one spot. There's a little athletic stadium on the other side of the White City estate called the Linford Christie Stadium, mm-hmm. which the council are absolutely desperate to get rid of because it's just it's in a right state and they can't afford it. And QPR have sort of offered to build a stadium there and re- put a new athletic stadium next to it and stuff like that. But the like the site is just it's your planning nightmare. It's got an act of parliament on it. It's on metropolitan open land. The locals don't want it. So you, I, like, I, I think we'll be at Loftus Road as long as I'm alive. And the alternatives to it are sort of heading out towards either Heathrow or Acton and, and past Acton on the central line. And you just start to think, again, is that going to be the, would that be the same QPR if it was... Yeah, yeah I it's, it's your identity, isn't it, you know? it's
0: yeah. It, everyone kind of associates QPR with that part of London. You, you touched on, um, you know, White City, Shepherd's Bush, sort, sort of sort. I think it's it, it's that sort of part of London. All the walk up. So we, we were drinking in Shepherd's Bush, took that walk up uh, up South Africa Road and, and into the stadium. And it's just it felt like proper football again. You know, yeah,
2: Yorkers I mean, I love busy. it. I love it. It's like. So it's the only place I ever want to go, but I, I do get I do get the business plan, and mm. I've been to the meetings and seen them lay it all out, and I do agree with them, but also selfishly, not. not... Yeah, <laughs> sustainability
1: is key for football <laughs> teams, isn't it? At the moment, especially with COVID as well. Even we know we're going to touch on it again. COVID, yeah, the last two years is probably going to be one of those from a sustainability point of view to make sure that that QPR are doing the right thing is have to move, probably.
0: A hundred percent, and I think that answers a little bit of the question in the fact that. I know one thing that kind of raised eyebrows was the ticket prices when we came down. I think I paid thirty-three quid for my ticket, which you expect a London premium, as it were. Um, but but is that you know a thought out business idea purely to kind of make up that 3 million loss?
2: Yeah, so it's extortionate. I can like I completely get it. that's that's way too much. Um, oh, I, I, but yeah, I get it. But I, you know, our chief exec is just a proper spreadsheet and a numbers guy, and you know he when he he always brings up the 20s plenty and says well you know if we let away fans in at uh, at 20 quid on what our ground costs to run what it costs to police all the problems that loftus road comes with we'd be letting you in at a loss so yeah. i get ca- i get completely it's extortionate we're getting charged i think we were getting charged 34 quid at chef united for a monday night before it was postponed yeah. i'm just like it's sick it's horrible, it's way too much but all also he does he does at least lay the business plan out when he was the chief exec at burnley um they ripped some seats out and threw them at blackburn fans in the derby and the following season for the blackburn derby the tickets had like 17p extra on every ticket and everyone was like why is it suddenly like and 17p he so, said well we added up how much it cost to put the seats back in after last brilliant. year and divided it up by the match tickets so that and that's, that's the kind of that's the kind of pedant you're dealing with in our chief execs
1: that's that's, that's a great warm-up <laughs> thing tactic as well though that really pissed people off
2: I've got all the time in the world for that. See,
0: we've we've got something in place at the minute that, that I I don't like. We we've, we've got a category system, um, Shit, it? For, for games, and this this is home and away. So um I, I don't know if you're coming up on Saturday, but it's I think it's twenty five quid for you guys um, in, in, anyway. And but some games it's been thirty, some games it's been twenty. I don't I think it's based on average away following. You know, if they expect a team to bring three four thousand, they'll bump up to try and make a few quid, but. Again, I don't like that because I just feel it's taking the piss out of fans more than anything.
2: The two you know? I mean, the two examples I give you of that is we went we went up and down a little bit around the same time as Hull. Yeah. And so when we were in the Premier League with Hull, we were their category D or E. So we actually got into a Premier League game at Hull for something stupid, it's like 17 quid each or something really cheap. But then we got relegated, and in the championship, we were their category A game. They charge us 35 quid. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that, lad. Just and no one wants to pay
0: 35 quid to go the to other, the,
2: the other, They've tried to divide Loftus Road up into like gold, silver, and bronze zones. They did it a while <sighs> ago when Flavio was there to try and milk some money out of the better seats, and it, it's never been changed. But my season tickets on one side of the aisle in the gold section literally four feet to my left, um, the season ticket's 150 quid less because that's silver. So it's like, <laughs> they went, ra- went round an old ground and tried to fit this gold, silver, and bronze thing on it. But, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it, 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 is, it is what it is though. That
0: is scandalous. Um, the one, the, well, there's one thing I've got to touch on while we're talking about Loftus Road. And this is my bugbear in football. Um, and I got, to, I got to witness it twice, goal mm-hmm. music. What's the story behind the goal music?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the, the only defence I would give is the kids like it, because um, <laughs> again, you can you can imagine from the way the chat's gone so far, I'm not a big fan of goal music either. Um, <laughs> uh, the- just when that when that like a remix of that Papa's Got a Brand New Pig oh. Bag came out in like the 90s, someone did a remix of it, and it started QPR fans started singing it at away games. Um, and then they just started playing it after goals at home games, and oh. it stuck. Um, oh, I hate it. I've I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a joyful noise to me because it, it means that we've done. it. Just yeah, I, I, but yeah, goal music, goal music. I'm in general, I'm not a fan of that, that I, I, one. You know, we've been, we must have been doing it 25 years now. Yeah. Like it's it's. it's stuck and never changed
1: uh, imagine when you move to a new ground you get a light show and pyrotechnics to go with those goals <laughs> as well
2: oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i've seen i've seen a few clubs with the flashy lights no, man, flashy lights going on.
1: That's, just, but, that's ridiculous as well i'm trying to make it like a, a, a hockey game or something or within, you know american franchise team yeah
2: we sound like grumpy old men. We're actually not that old. Like, no, got, got I seen. was going to say, I'm 33 and I'm sitting there acting
0: like I'm 63. Like, I know, yes. I want, it, I want it like in the old days. I want short shorts and pans back.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so we, we've touched on the love of QPR. Uh, and, and we briefly mentioned one of your rivals, um, the, the, the cheese board eating Victoria sandwich. Loving <laughs> Fulham. Um, Skippy, I love you. I'm sorry, mate. A good friend of mine's a Fulham fan. Um, <laughs> he, he told us one story about there was a potential merger back in the 70s where it was nearly Fulham Park Rangers, which yeah. sends it shiver down my spine. So like
1: we we'll head nearly fell off my top with it. Oh, Yeah, please.
2: well, we've had, we've had three of those. Um, there was one in the 60s with Brentford, which was seemed to be more instigated by us and is why Brentford hate us. They still go on about it now. It's like, guys, you know... Good. It's only during the war, that. And then <laughs> Fulham, the Fulham Park Rangers, they were going to do in around 86, and the, the fans fought it off uh, with a whole load of protests on the pitch and whatever. And then around 98, 99, when Winkerman got hold of Wimbledon, yeah. he wanted to merge QPR and Wimbledon, because um, QPR had gone into admin and got relegated. Wimbledon had no ground, and but we're still sort of championship Premier League team so it was like we'll move into Loftus Road we'll call it Queen's Park Dons or whatever we'll get rid of this Selhurst Park problem and you can keep your place in like the Championship Premier League and get rid of this administration thing and so yeah there's been three of those at QPR. Oh, no,
1: no, it's because no. the
2: ground's really valuable I think my like, head's
1: fallen yeah. off again at that one I, was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know about that one Must have yeah so, and then uh,
2: Winkelman also had a meeting in the Adelaide in Shepherd's Bush with some QPR fans to talk about moving QPR to Milton Keynes before we move Wimbledon. So that wow. that that could have been us. Around that time, we were sort of destitute. That's a, that's a lucky escape. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that would have been. I I wouldn't have done that. Like, that would have been the end of me. But um, yeah, I, I I can imagine. Um, <laughs> wow, The same as Eddie, but My head
0: fell off there. Yeah, the
2: right you- the rivalry thing. The rivalry thing for us is just it's so odd because. QPR would immediately say it's Chelsea, and obviously Chelsea don't give shit about us anymore.
0: I saw some videos of that.
2: Like, why would you yeah. know? I did see one or two posts on their message board when we went up to the Premier League and beat them. Like older posters going, "You, you new ones don't understand this lot properly. Hey, this is a big deal that they've beaten us here." But most of the most of the new Chelsea fans, you know, they've come on board since Abramovich and whatever, yeah. don't even know who we are. So, yeah, it kind got, of feels a little bit muggy. Fans. Kind of feels a little bit muggy in small time, like singing about Chelsea and hating Chelsea. But yeah, if you had to ask, it, it would be Chelsea. They don't care about us. Brentford absolutely detest us and go on about us all the time. We're sort of like that little cat meme. Like, what the fuck are they doing over there? Like, why are, they, why are they? Why are they? Why are they like this with us? So they absolutely hate us, and we don't really care Almost about yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody dislikes Fulham because you know what what they're going to do hit, hit just, you over the head just... with a butter knife you know what like <laughs> nobody cares about we like going a there. slice of cake nice great yeah nice ground nice pub yeah Tarquin and Rupert and a uh, Jeffers and AJ and all of that nobody cares about Fulham they're just lovely aren't they so <laughs> trying to find a rivalry at QPI is really odd you go through little we went through a really odd period of hating Stoke uh okay I, I can get that we got a big Mark Birch and wound Jerry Taggart up there one day, and yes, he got sent that. off. Uh, and we won the game, and like the car park afterwards was like a demilitarized zone, like you've never seen anything like it. And then the year, the year after, we won there again, and one of their fans ran on the pitch and beat our goalkeeper up at the end. So we went through a li- <laughs> we went through a little period of hating Stoke. Then we went through a little period of li- like really bad with Luton. That's come back a bit this season because the home game with them was really nasty. There's like Mm -hmm. loads of violence around it. So I'm not looking forward to going back there. Um, No one looks forward to going to Luton. Yeah. they, They hated it. There was a big incident in the 80s where QPR and Luton fans turned St Pancras Station over. And then there was later after that, we nicked Tony Thorpe off. And when they went into administration, they didn't like that. Uh, and now they're being all aggy again. There was a load of aggro at the game this year, so I, so it might my maybe it's Luton now. I don't know, but it's very hard to keep a track of who we hate and who we don't. It's it's it's
1: so many funny similarities there from your perspective of the QPR and Cov when we look at conv because I know I joke about this all the time, Neil. It's like you can look around the Midlands and it's like nobody gives a fuck about Cov. <laughs> Literally nobody. Who did probably Leicester? Is it Le- is Leicester? Yeah. So, so, so this is where you go. You go, is it Villa? No, because Villa have got Blues. Definitely. Is it? Yeah. Is it Blues because we went to Blues? No, because Blues have still got Villa. Is it Wolverhampton? No, because they've got the baggies and Stoke around them. You know, you can go wherever you want to go with it. it, it and it comes back down to, and I know I've said this a few times, I don't hate Villa. I've got no grip against them. The last time I played them, I was a kid, uh, really. I don't give a shit about Leicester because I just don't. Um, there's nobody I really de- detest in the Midlands because I just like, I don't it, bother with it. And the weirdest rival we've got, and I always say it, is Sunderland.
0: Yeah. because <laughs> yeah,
2: that's it, like our Stoke thing. It, yeah. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, just to go on from that, I think it's a generational thing. So as a kid, it's I was been. brought up, I was brought up, It, it shit on the villa. I don't like the villa. Last time we played on was 2000. 2001. Oh, really? A uh, So, you know, I'm 33. I was early teens. There's some kids who go to games, who sing shit on the Villa, who've never seen Aston Villa play. But well, uh, doesn't
2: basically it. every because Villa are like the biggest team, and the biggest ground, and the big and like the sort of glory hunter supporters support Villa. So everybody around there that's been to school around there hates Villa, right? I kind of yeah, where we go, everyone sings shit on the Villa. And then the, the other thing you've got, and I don't Ed one know because he's from one of those little backward villages
0: outside Coventry. Um, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the people in those little villages like Nuneaton and better all support Villa because they hate Cov. Um, it's really weird. I don't get the I'm
1: not doing that though because I support Cov in our bed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> why so, why Sunderland? I need closure on that anecdote. So Sunderland, we played um, Bristol City in 1977. This is how far back right. we're going. Right. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy get your slippers off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were in a relegation scrap with Sunderland. And we were playing Bristol City last game of the season, um, and Jimmy Hill somehow managed to get our game kick off delayed by 15 minutes due to traffic and crowd trouble. Um, then he made sure that the PA announcer announced the final score of the Sunderland game over the PA, um, and it was a case where if Coventry drew, they uh, they stayed up and Sunderland went down. So for the last, it was nil-nil at the time. The
1: passive, most passive game of football came in yeah. the last 15, <laughs> 20 minutes where three people touched the ball.
0: The, the, there's reports that um, players were just having a chat with each other at, at one point. You know, it was just 15 minutes of nothingness. Um, and Sunderland have always kind of said, Jimmy Hill's a cheat. Um, he, <laughs> oh, uh, I, I know when he was at Fulham, um, they went down there and they were singing at him. We played on a couple of seasons ago and he won. And um, there's a statue of Jimmy Hill outside. outside. Off outside the rico off. slash cough builder society arena um and it went viral a bloke screaming ha, you're in a box a statue of jimmy <laughs> hill
1: and it kicked off after the game as well
0: yeah it, it did oh, you wow. know, lots of crowd trouble and it's just it's so random
2: Oh Well, there you go. I've learned something today. I didn't I had I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's it yeah. is bizarre.
1: It is a really it, bizarre one. But it, it's like even it, it's it's that bizarre that people still, even again youngsters as well, go on our fans forms and message boards and we are posting about this and ah sudden lost again. It's like you weren't even a, you weren't even a fucking thought in your dad's eye, you know, at that point in time. <laughs> you were nothing. You yeah, weren't even your dad's nutsack. It's like it's ridiculous the fact that they post stuff like that. See, I'm I'm surprised
0: Middlesbrough don't hate us because they went down instead of us having a points deduction in the 90s.
2: But ah, that was their wasn't... fault, though, wasn't it? I yeah. was like, yeah. their most catastrophic... If you'd taken the youth team to Blackburn and lost 13-0, <laughs> they would have stayed up. Like, I mean, yeah. Mind you, you everyone calls a game off now, don't they? Just, I, uh, yeah, just bring the them same. up so you don't fancy it. <laughs> We're
1: tired. <laughs>
2: no, it's
0: all right. COVID doesn't affect you with games. It's fine. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And That still baffles me. But yeah, that's one thing I love about doing this is finding out those, those those quirky rivalries. <laughs> Which, again, I find weird because I know Fulham groundshared with you for a little bit, didn't they? While they were developing the cottage.
2: Yeah, because both ends, when they got pr- they got promoted to the Premier League really, really quickly, mm. Craven Cottage, Fulham were basically bankrupt when Al Fyred got there. So Craven Cottage yeah. needed loads of work doing to it all at once so yeah their first two years in the Premier League I think were were at Loftus Road.
0: How how was that as a you know as a QPR fan, um, a rival and I'm saying this in inverted commas, um, coming
2: into your stadium playing Premier League football when I'm guessing you were a division one side at that time? We had at that point we'd gone into league one second division uh, and were absolutely skint and I think they paid us North of a million quid a season to do it, so it probably no, kept QPR not. sort of ticking along. The only thing we did have to do, I remember this from the from the time, is Mohammed Al Fayed insisted on installing his own toilet in the corporate loft, like a gold <laughs> a gold toilet. So we had to, as part of the deal, we had to put a gold toilet into the hospitality at South Africa Road, so Al Fayed could have a turnout at halftime.
1: Weird, that, sure. does, that does not surprise me at all with, 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 with that bloke. You touched so lot about Al Al far oh, QPR felt, I've completely wiped that out of my memory. I don't remember them dropping that far down. Oh, yeah,
2: like yeah. um, 2000, 2001, we got relegated out of this league in administration into the one below. Um, we only had eight players, like got absolutely screwed. Um, but Ian Holloway got hold of us and we actually had a lot of fun down there for three years, going places like Hartlepool and whatever that, you, you I mean, you guys have, <laughs> you wrote the book on this, but like... <laughs> It was it was a lot of fun because 'cause we've been in the top two divisions for as long as most of us have been alive. So we got did loads of ground ticking. Ian Holloway got a really good team together, people like Bertram, Gallon, Richard Langley, Danny Shittu, Clark Carlisle. Um just a really all fun team. All names I
1: know and yeah. recognise. I just don't I
2: well, still they, can't that team, comprehend
1: that you went that far down.
2: Yeah, I, that, that I really team can't. got promoted back. Um, and then did really well in the championship. I remember like Jamie Curton doing you guys over one kilometre. Yeah. But that was just after promotion, and that was that team. Right. Uh, okay.
1: That's so nice. go I'm going to I'm gonna have to go Wikipedia some of this shit because it's yeah, that's <laughs> perplexed me. I mean, I follow football, but yeah, I've just stripped that out of my memory. I've always, again, from a QPR perspective, top two divisions and nothing any further down than that.
2: Well, one of your questions was lowest point, and again, there was a point in amongst that uh, where we lost in the FA Cup to Vauxhall Motors, which um, Fucking oh, shit. we had two, we had two cracks at them, uh, took them to a replay, hard fought, um, and then and then <laughs> did a did ninety minutes and extra time against them, and then lost on penalties. And Fucking yeah, and the, like the joke afterwards was they were disappointed it went to extra time and penalties because some of them were on shift the following day. So that, <laughs> that's that's about as low as it gets, like losing to Vauxhall Motors. Yeah. Also, I was I was at uni in Sheffield then, so we, like went to the game and drove back afterwards in a Vauxhall Corsa. So it was just oh. mid, middle of the night going up the M1 with a Vauxhall badge staring. I was just it. looking at it, just getting <laughs>
1: it off a dashboard.
2: This is we were having this discussion in the pub the other day about whether QPR are like the smallest big club or the biggest small club. And after that Vauxhall Motors game, there's a guy that follows QPR around who everybody knows him because he looks so distinctive. He's like a tall guy with both a mullet and a ponytail at the same time. Um, I like this. Uh, Joe Hilton, Is he was a London cabbie, he just retired. He's like the nicest lunatic you'll ever meet. He's such a, he's such a top fella. <laughs> But after the Vauxhall Motors game, the second game, he demanded to see the manager, like you would at a shit restaurant if you've had a bad meal, <laughs> and, and said he wouldn't leave until he'd spoken to the manager, and and they actually brought Ian Holloway out to meet him, <laughs> like, like at the Harvester, you know. And it's like, can you imagine at, at Liverpool or something? It's like, I'm not leaving until Klopp has come out to speak to me about this, and him, and them actually bringing Klopp. QPR just. Joe is not going to leave until you bring the manager out to speak to him. And they actually did. So I guess the biggest small club or the smallest big club, I don't know.
0: The thing is, I can actually see Ollie doing that as well. And Ollie quite enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) That's the worst thing about it. Right. So this is an audio podcast, so people won't be able to see this, but you can see this, that I've got shirts behind me uh, as we talk now. So these next questions are all about shirts, but weirdly enough, Ad is the shirt collector, not myself. So this is this is where this comes in—the irony of it—and one of those things about being a kid is that first strip uh, that, that you get, and I, I think
2: everyone can remember theirs. And um, can you remember what your first strip was? Uh, yeah, only because I know what I know what year it was. So um, it was it was obviously blue and white hoops, and our sponsor was CSF. Computer solutions and finance. So fuck knows what they did, but the sponsor was a big blue disc made of like a weird felt. <laughs> oh, no, what and whenever so it well, got eh? wet, it was like having that rubber brick that you used to have to go and get from the bottom of the swimming pool on the front of your shirt. It sort of like dragged you down like this. It was yeah, not the best.
1: Da- darker um, blue stripes as well. Those were weren't they? I remember they, hoops, yeah. Come on.
2: yeah, sorry
1: hoops. <laughs> hoops <laughs> stripes, um, always it's... get that wrong.
2: But yeah, no QPR—the greatest shirt ever. The night, the in the eighties, uh, blue and white hoops with red trim, Guinness, Guinness sponsor, Adidas made with the three stripe Adidas. Yeah, it will never be beaten.
1: They were banging. Be now, so I, I've
2: seen
0: that quite a lot, you know. Yeah, uh, people saying it's lot like a Grail shirt. is one of
2: those ones that people really want to get hold of. I'd yeah, t- we've had some terrible ones, but yeah, they'll never get that. Will never be beaten. I don't see.
1: I, I always remember. I think one of the ones that I remember is like ninety five, ninety six. Away, the dark blue one with the white pinstripes. Yeah. It's compact, badging nice, the door. Yeah, it's nice. We got relegated in it. Yeah, we I it. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant shirt. Oh, I love that one. I remember seeing that one. Is, is it always been blue and white and red and black majority of the times? Is there anything else? Because I know I look uh, back well, at City's history.
2: Is- the away kits go all over the place. I think it should always be a version of the red and black hoops, or red and black harbs or all red, or all black, or whatever. We've got an all black one this year, and it looks amazing. Yeah, um, but they they tend to go away from it for a few years to bring it back to boost sales. So we've played in some monstrosities in the last couple of years. We had a like a bright pink thing a couple of years ago Um, yeah
1: i do remember that as well it looked like bottles of
2: Pepto-Bismol just like the worst kit you've ever seen um tony fernandez when he first came in tried us in a catering themed away kit to go with his f1 team it was sort of like green and yellow hoops um yes it was air asian Asian, yeah yeah, we've had some we've had some horrors um Sadly, when we went in the Premier League, we had Nike as our kit, and all they do is just take what they've got out the warehouse, whack a QPR badge on it, and charge you 60 quid for it. Don't, don't so, start me on
1: Nike. Yeah, we had templates.
2: the kit we've got, the kit maker we've got now is Area, which is really Sunday League. But they're I doing know. such a nice job yeah. for us because you're allowed to design your, You, we get to pick the kit rather than just whatever Nike have got kicking around in the warehouse.
1: Yeah, 100%. And there's, there's some bits and pieces. It was it. It last a couple of seasons ago. you had a decent, really decent goalkeeper top as well. It was like a dark, I don't know, was it dark black and grey one. Hoots. yeah, and I, I like that one as well. That yeah, the kits, a a bit,
2: the kits have been sound for a few years now. I like both of them this year. I think we'll be in black on Saturday, and it, it does look good.
1: Mm. Just, yeah, I, 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 I can't, can't see think I've seen that one myself. I have to Google it, it a bit.
0: On the subjective shirts on Saturday against West Brom, you wore. Will... Was it like a it looked like a like a sky blue and a dark blue half and a half shirt?
2: Yeah, we borrowed it off Wickham. Um an anniversary <laughs> shirt, is it? It's well we don't have shirt. third kits under the area deal. We have a home in and an away, and then basically once a season they come up with a spurious anniversary. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Um so last year against Cardiff, I can't even remember what the bloody anniversary was for, but they did a red and white halves one, uh which yeah. the seventies team played in. We bought nicked it off Feyenoord, it looked great. So I got yeah. one of those, but then this I think it's like, I think they're saying it's 140 years since the club was formed, although in true QPR style, the QPR fans can't even agree on whether we were <laughs> formed in 1882 or 1886. So it's, it's a spurious thing. But yeah, a- allegedly that was the first kit of either St. Jude's Institute or Christchurch Rangers, which then yeah, formed okay. Um, St. Jude being the patron saint of lost causes, so oh. we were, we we were screwed then. before we even began. <laughs> the writings on the wall. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to name a football team after a saint. Don't pick that one.
1: So,
0: I vaguely remember. I think it was a uh, hundred years at Loftus Road. It may have been. It was a green and white hoop shirt. Yeah, yeah. So it rings I, a bell.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: vaguely um, remember that, and it's just. But don't get me wrong, we're going through something at the minute with Carl and I. I, think this is potential what AD may have touched on. Our away kids, so we had a red and black half on last year, which, which harked back to when we were singers FC, before coming Conference Brilliant, not a problem. I wasn't a massive fan of it, but it is what it is. And then this year they brought out the identical shirt, but instead of black and red, it was pink and blue it just looked like you'd left out in the sun for a couple of days (laughs) um and i I had a massive argument on twitter with the commercial director and i was like i was like it's the same shirt he said no it's not it's completely different so i went into the club shop and held them both together and took a photo i was like how can you tell anyone that
2: these are different
1: (laughs) but there's subtle differences but the subtle and i totally agree mate i'm with you and
2: to be, fair to, nice. to be fair to QPR's marketing department, you can walk from our ground to Brentford, Fulham and Chelsea and you can be at Tottenham, West Ham, Arsenal, like Palace, Millwall. We've got so much competition, it's untrue, so I, I wouldn't like to be in charge of marketing QPR. Like, mm. Come to our shit old ground and <laughs> what's, pay 34 quid.
1: <laughs> what's, what's the price of your shirts this year?
2: Uh oh good question, don't know. Uh four I would think it's the sort of standard forty six notes. Uh that's what they, they usually kick around. No, about.
1: yeah, it it, it it is usually I think as as of that forty six quid. Obviously discount at the moment probably about thirty two. Um, they were
2: punching those Wickham ones out for sixty. Yeah. Uh, and they've all gone now. So I'm looking forward to those turning up on eBay.
1: Wow. With with the limited yeah. numbers, were they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I hate it when I do that.
1: It's a this is not there I'm Just ask to try and look at shit like that as well, eventually. But yeah, oh, excuse, excuse me. me.
0: See, I always remember when I think of QPR, I've touched on it before Trevor Sinclair, Les Ferdinand, that sort of era, with, with the compact sponsor. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the one six we made. Um, but I vaguely remember, and I don't know when this was, we sponsored by Classic FM at one point.
2: Yeah, first Premier League, yeah, yeah. Classic, sponsored by Classic FM, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I'd expect Fulham to be sponsored by Classic FM. I think it was the it was Chris Wright who later bought the club. I think he was in charge of Chrysalis, which was a sort of music label, uh, and it also ran Classic FM. But yeah, we went into we were founder members of the Premier League and finished fifth, but we did have Classic FM on our shirts. So yeah, Um, brilliant.
0: And the current shirt is the
2: current sponsor Royal Panda. No, no, we ditched. Well, we. We've had a bit of a, cur- like, Raw Panda went bust, so we replaced them with Football Index, and yeah, then that, they, obviously, they obviously went bust and took a lot of people with them. So uh, <laughs> this year we've gone with uh, a builder. Can't go wrong with a builder. Ash Ashville Aggregates. He does YouTube videos, like, to dramatic music of him tipping <laughs> at Aggregate into big trains or skips. Uh, yeah, it's worth checking out. Like, is you, it's, you is know, he a like local yeah, it's a local food. He's a QPR fan and he oh, smashes stuff up to music. He's, well,
1: I, like, uh, I like that. I like that. I know, I know can't go wrong with a
2: builder. Yeah, like, Football Index. So, QPR is such a good community club. Like, QPR in the Community Trust is its own charity and all of that. It does so much good stuff. And then every now and again, it lets itself down and over the, like, with betting sponsors and the Football Index thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've seen Blackburn have, Blackburn have gone with an e-cigs thing today, haven't they? So, uh, Wicked. Yeah, isn't it? Like it like that. Could always be worse. So, so we're currently rocking out Boyle Sports on ours. Um, Again, coming back to our coming back to our chief exec, he said, you know, FFP means you have to get every yeah, every penny you everything. can into your club, and at the moment, the people that pay the most are weird bookmakers. So,
1: mm. it's, it, well, that'll be gone soon enough anyway. Next, there's a banning order on it, so that'll you be so, it, yeah. it just disappears from next next year, I think. It starts. So
0: here. it's easy to say that. I, I seen something the other day. West Ham brought a seventeen-year-old kid on. Um, yeah, when
2: he can't play the, he can't play the sponsor. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he can't. He can't play with the sponsor one because he's <laughs> under eighteen. And it's like, and, and, and I know we've touched on this before, AD you think it's a kid, you, you know, you look at your idols and they're wearing the strip. You want exactly the same, but. You know kids under 16 or under 18 can't buy this commentary shirt with oil sport on it and it's it's something that i find so weird um and i'm, I'm it, it, it harks back to when you know cigarette sponsors were on there and everything else you know surely they got phased out so i'm I, I personally think the next one will be crypto coin and um and that sort of stuff i think that i think it'll be the
1: next
2: big thing on shirts yeah, we've already got a pairing, a pair up with some NFT thing, you know. I'm a big fucking monkey
1: on it, or something at some
2: Buy a picture of Yoan Barbe for your phone, and I, I don't know. I, 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 it, I, it strikes me as something else that we're going to regret getting involved with in about eighteen months' time.
1: We're <laughs> <laughs> seeing uh, that one
0: hundred um, percent. so you've touched on Yoan Barbe, uh who's in the in the current squad, and this is a perfect segue um, to ask what your thoughts are. Currently um, with QPR, obviously you're in the player of places at the minute, um, having Mark Warburton as manager, who I think is a fantastic manager, um, going back to to the resort um, earlier on in the season between Coventry and QPR. I think the subs changed the game and Warburton made the correct subs, Robins didn't. Uh, Lyndon Donk's came on and we couldn't handle it. Um How do you think the season's gone so far?
2: Uh, I thought cover on unlucky in that game considering how bad Cov were at Loftus Road the previous year and how mm, easily we won and how easily we won that game, I thought Cov had improved so much and we're a bit unlucky to lose that. And also came to us trying to win the game. Whereas yeah. what we're finding this year is a lot of teams come to Loftus Road thinking nil is a good result and mm. the job is just to keep banging away. Like we get which has never happened before because I think teams have seen us as an easy three points for quite a few years, because we have been. Yeah. And th- this year we're starting to see like goalkeepers wasting time in the first half at nil nil and things like that. So we've had That's a few surprising. like Blackburn did that at ours and Mowbray came out afterwards and was like, if you come to a place like this, nil nil's obviously the optimum result you're going for. We tried to grind that out. They've scored late. And then after they he got so much criticism for that. It was around the time they lost 7 nil to Fulham as well. He seems to have just completely ripped it up and gone the other way. Now it's like, well, we're just going to go for it. And they've won like 11 games in a row, haven't they?
1: Which has um, been heard of from Mowbray team after Christmas, usually.
2: Well, yeah. you know, we, we had him for a little bit. And I make
0: this joke all the time speaking about him. Um, I, I, I do another sort of EFL show. And everyone always asks about Blackburn. I say the same thing. Tony Mowbray should be called the Christmas tree because you take him down after Christmas.
2: Well, we'll um, see. I hope so. It doesn't look. It doesn't look like it. At the minute. But they were so they were so bad at ours and really negative and played for nil nil. Didn't get it. Huddersfield did the same as our, at ours and we scored against them late. Uh, West Brom on Saturday we won one nil with a late goal. So yeah. there's been quite a lot of that last back end of last season. We were playing so well, just absolutely ripping teams apart, and there was so much optimism for this season and basically that has been fulfilled because we're in the top five um playing really well and he's compared to where we we were when he started and all the squad changes he's had to do, all of it while cutting the budget. Um I think he's amazing. So I'm really yeah. pleased. I'm really, really pleased with how the season's gone and we were great against West Brom on Saturday. I'm not sure what we'll play like this weekend, but we've got a couple of winnable home games straight after that. So it it's looking really good and our budget same as you guys compared to the other teams up there is minuscule yeah so you you constantly have to be factoring in what we what we're coming up against and particularly with wages and things like that QPR over the last 8 years have had to halve their wage bill from what it was under Redknapp because it was just like 80 million quid a year and oh. then they've had to and then they've had to halve it again and that's really really difficult to do while maintaining where you are in the league um, mm-hmm. without sure. just having a complete meltdown because you basically having to get rid of your entire squad replace it and then get rid of that and replace it without getting worse um, and QPR and the latter bit of that have actually got better so I, th- I love I love Warburton I think he's done a great job and I, I think we're having a, a terrific season I, I think we'll probably come up short but I thought we would finish fifth and I haven't seen anything really to dissuade me from that yet And that's just just words
1: out of mouth because I was about to say before the season started, what were your what were your predictions of what you'd do?
2: Yeah, fifth. I thought we. I just we finished last season so strong. Only Norwich and Watford won more games after Christmas last year than us. And now now they've gone up. No Championship team has won as many games or as many points as QPR in the last twelve months. So, I thought if we could get the loan signings from last season signed up permanently, we'd go really close. And we did that and added more. Like we've got a lad called Jimmy Dunn, centre back from yeah, Burnley. It's yeah. just been absolutely enormous. I'm amazed that Burnley let him go. we um, we got Dizel from Ipswich, who's looked tidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he came on against us and looked really, really good. So um, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy because it's been such a, a drag. Like went through a period of not even liking the team, and then yeah. we had to spend six or seven years basically taking our medicine for all that excess mm. done under Hughes and Redknapp. And it's just miserable, like winning three away games a year, just constantly. 8am out of Euston. Where are we losing today? Preston, Wigan, Blackburn. It's just like on, and, and you just like I'm getting no pleasure out of this. I don't. <laughs> and just, just so, friends, so, so screen,
1: similarities, screen, screen isn't it, between Coventry? Yeah. There is so many similarities in that. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah
2: it has so has it it, for it to have turned around as well as it has, while they've been cutting the wage bill, I think director of football Les Ferdinand the chief executive we've already talked about and Warburton just deserves so much credit. Um, I'm surprised a couple of them don't get linked with other jobs. I'm surprised Warburton doesn't really get talked about for other jobs. I know he's a bit older now and I'm really surprised that Les Ferdinand doesn't get talked about for Mm. jobs. Yeah. I I genuinely thought of all the stuff that was
0: happening with Newcastle with the new owners and the revamp there we might have got brought there. Um, I I was lucky enough to bump into him at, at the services on the way back. We played Barnsley um second game of the season away and i'm guessing you guys must have been away the same day up north because there was quite a few QPR fans in the services and luckily bumped into les and he gave me 30 seconds of his time and just what a lovely bloke still looks um, like he should be playing yeah he looked fit as a fiddle. <laughs> he's
2: fit as fuck <laughs> <was> just
0: like, <laughs> <and> <laughs> he, he just thought you definitely still do a job sir les um you, you touched on Warburton. I mentioned before that the tactics in, in the game between us. You, you said how close the game was. I, I remember being there and thinking that we were well in it. And we made a double substitution around a similar sort of time you guys did. And we took off Xocharez and Waghorn and brought on Tyler Walker and Matty Godden. Um, up against your back three, that was Rob Dickey. Um, did, I'm going to butcher this lad's name. Is it Diverton?
2: Your Device, yeah, he's been right. injured. He's basically been injured ever since then. But it hasn't mattered that much because Dunn has come in and played really well. And then, yeah. and then Barbe would have been there. Barbe's played Barbe was the one. He every, every minute of every game for a season and a half now. It's wow. absolutely yeah. unreal. Like his his appearance is <laughs> <it's> just <laughs> off the scale. Um, but yeah,
0: he those three were class. You know, Wagon and Jokovic has given a little bit of trouble. But Gordon and Morgan kind of struggled a little bit. And then we, you guys brought on Lyndon Dykes, and if I can't believe I'm giving the game plan away, we've struggled against big, big target men this season. Luton did it against us. Um, Blackburn had Diaz and Gallagher against us, and we struggled. Um, Pre- Preston had that uh, Jacobson. But Dykes just tore us to pieces. Took his goal really well, and I, I think that goal really took the wind out of
2: us and kind of give you guys the momentum to carry on. He's um, so raw. I mean, he's he's very raw, Lyndon. He was playing. I mean, he was playing for Surfers Paradise Apollo about four years ago. So he's he's had quite a a <laughs> I need a season ticket there, by the way. But he's. I can say, is that not the
0: best
1: club name ever?
2: Yeah, me, yeah it's a, a meteoric rise, and some of the things he does, you just see it in him. Like some of his attempted first touches and things, you're like, oh my god! <laughs> um, and then, but yeah, he is effective. It's it's only championship at the end of the day, and it? it's like now he yeah. can have an effect on it.
0: But but, but that's what you want as, as a striker of that ilk. You know, you you've got Charlie Austin, who is I I think one of the most underrated strikers that you know English strikers of the last. 10 years, I, I, I love Charlie Austin, I would have loved to have seen him put on a C-shirt um, who, who's your typical sort of striker that you see these days but then to have that big target man option of Lyndon uh, I think just adds a different dimension to the way you play.
2: I mean the strikers like Austin is a little bit round around the waist these days and, you know, it's clearly not what he was, but he can still finish like you saw on Saturday, offside as it was, you can still see he gets in the right place. Lyndon's very raw, might make something. Andre Gray's in on loan and like it's proper sublime to ridiculous stuff. Some of the things he does, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> And then some of the other stuff he does, you're like, oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And so it's those three, basically. But the best, our two best players are Chair and Willock, who play behind them. Uh, And Willock's playing so well at the minute. But what happens when they both play is they play on opposite sides and teams can't double up on them. And what happens when only one of them plays, and that's going to be the case on Saturday because Chair is at AFCON, yeah. is teams sort of double and triple up on Willock and it can frustrate us a little bit when that happens.
1: What's, what's the biggest thing that your team's missing might have to kick on?
2: Oh, I don't, not, not much really. Like, you, you would want some of the players to be a bit younger. Like, mm. it's, it's just budget. you know. Adoma and Wallace are our wing-backs and they're the very important to the way Warburton plays the wing-backs. But Wallace is 33-34 and can't get fit and stay fit. And Adoma's what is he, 30? He must be the same. And he's been injured. You're kind of relying on two old guys to do a 46-game season. Stefan Johansson's absolutely brilliant in midfield. But again, he's now the wrong side of 30 and like an old car sometimes. You just... Yeah. Um, but not much. Honestly, I really... I like the team. Back, the back three's great. The goalkeeper's great, except he's away at AFCON now.
0: Um, hey, but you, you, you've brought in...
2: Um, David Marshall. We might Saturday though
0: you move. Yeah, David we might have
2: had a touch with this, you know. I mean, like, I don't want to be too harsh, but the reserve goalkeeper is Jordan Archer. And, yeah. and I, I think I might be a better goalkeeper than Jordan Archer. <laughs> I'll get some stick for saying that. And bless, and bless him, like He saved two penalties in a penalty shootout against Rotherham last week, having not had a very good game but he popped his shoulder out, saving the second one. So we've had to go and get somebody else Jesus on short Christ. term. And I think David Marshall is actually a lot better than Jordan Archer. So sad as it is and harsh as I sound, I think we might have had a bit of a touch with that.
1: In listening to what you said about your team and ageing. Are you worried that you might slip backwards next season if you don't make the
2: right moves? Um, I think we'd have to sell somebody because uh, we'd had to sell somebody to keep up with this cutting the wage bill and getting under yeah. FFP and recovery. We had to sell Smithies who, when he was our best goalkeeper. Yeah. then we had to sell Freeman and Luongo when they, Freeman was our best player by a mile. And then we sold Eze, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of had to sell a player every summer. And Eze got us so much money that we didn't have to this summer. We could push the boat out a little bit, get Austin Johansson, uh, Samfield and all of the, you know, Dazelle and these people and have a bit of a go at it. Safe in the knowledge now that we have actually got some players like Dickie, Dunn, Chair, and Willock that I think people would pay money for. Mm. Um, so if we don't go Dickie's,
1: up. Dickie's the one that surprised me the most from where he's come from and how he's performed, to be honest.
2: Yeah. He's, it wasn't at his best on Saturday. So I don't know if he's having a little blip, but he's he's been great for the money we paid and whatever. So you would think that he might attract a bit of interest. And like I said, Jimmy Dunn's been great. So if we don't go up, I think we would have to sell someone. Um, and people are just going to have to get used to that, and and also recognise that when we sold Eze, we got better. We got better. He was our best player, but that money has moved us into a different place. You know, from we we sort of finished thirteenth with Eze, sold him, and then finished ninth, and are now fourth, and that's because the money was reinvested wisely. The recruitment team we've got is really really good, so I think they would have to sell someone. Dicky, Chair, Willock. Uh, and people will mumble and grumble and talk about lack of ambition and whatever. But if you trust this manager and this recruitment team with the money, I think we'll just kick on again. So, not really. Um, we tend to have four older players in the team, like all the time. Like Jeff Cameron was here for a little while, yep. and then they they kind of retire or go elsewhere, and then they pick up people like Adoma. Um, mm. Just they like to. Have, it's quite a young team, but they like to have sort of four or five kicking around like that. So. I presume we'd just do that again, really.
1: It, it, again, from that, from what you were saying, so many similarities in terms of what you spoke about and transitional periods of football and players coming through. It, it sounds so similar to how COB operate in terms of what we try and do. Although, the only difference is we haven't got, I suppose, those players that are latter stage of their career, apart from Waghorn and probably more. But more yeah, fans, more, more, but more still 31 for a keeper is pretty, pretty young, I would say. But, mm. Yeah, it's very similar for us but yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens in some of you guys because I suppose as you say the most sellable assets Willock's probably going to be looked at I'd, I'd have thought with how he's performed I've, I've Chair, I can't look like anything on
0: that I think Chair will be as well he, he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a player I remember the game last season he, he was unbelievable um, in that game um, which is why I was really happy we kept him quiet in the game down at Loftus Road um, and I'm really glad he's not playing Saturday but um, because you can you can tell he's, he's a hell of a player. Um, on the subject
2: of Saturday, how would you see the game going? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. My predictions are always like notoriously terrible. Um, so a QPR win, if you can predict that, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Swansea and Reading at home straight after. I'm really hoping that, that idiot at Reading hangs on for another couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> so... Like we've yeah, just we won, we've just won three in a row. Last two away games, we won at Bristol City and Birmingham without really playing well. Um, so I suspect we'll come big away following and put in the sort of performance that has you two sitting there going, "I don't think they're all that." These I don't, I don't really get why are they why they're doing so well. Because we're a little bit away from home, we're a little bit grind it out at the minute. Yeah, um, I think you, you'll sort of look at us and think, "I don't think much to these lot," and. We'll either and it'll be very tight when we don't draw many games, so like we'll probably win two one or lose two one or something like that. But as long as we then go into those two home games next week and blitz those and put six points on them, we're we're still well on track. Um, usually, QPR performances deteriorate relative to the number of away fans going there. So the more tickets we're selling this week, and the more the club are tweeting about it, the more I'm starting to think, I don't like the direction <laughs> that this is travelling. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <clears throat> On two aspects,
0: one, I love a good away following coming. Um, I just think it makes the game a lot better, and I, I'm really looking forward to the game. these two good footballing sides, two sides that like to play the game. Um, so I, I, I think, regardless of the result, it would be a good game to watch. Um, but I am hoping we we, we do nick it. Um, I think our home form might just be what gets us over the edge, and coming off the back of that performance at Peterborough on, on Saturday, with all due respect to Peterborough, who are a league one side. Let's be
2: honest. Who, well, we lost.
0: You know, them.
2: How? We, we took four, We took 4,000 fans. I told you.
0: Oh, right. OK.
2: <laughs> what, what the more QPR, there? The more QPR what? fans that go, the worse the QPR plays.
1: Also, predicts a resounding QPR win as well.
2: <laughs> Todd, Todd Kane will want to play well as well. Wait, a little scrote, So. Oh, or, or
1: you <laughs> leave, sir. Talk, uh, talk leave about it. Because in <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to hear really
0: um, just, just the views. Just the last thing on this season before we move on. If you don't make the playoffs, is that a failure?
2: Not necessarily, uh, or I'd uh, be very disappointed um with mm. the team we've got and how we've done. We haven't really been out the playoff places all season, so it'd be disappointing. But if we progress on last season, so if we finish higher than ninth, uh, like more points, defense is better. If we can, you know, up the goals and whatever. If we can just keep moving on season on season, then I'm then I'm happy with that. And like I say, you've got to look at the budgets we're competing with up there. Um, we've no bit. Middlesbrough have just taken that kid on loan from Arsenal and paid all his wages. Like we, we can't. Yeah, joke, we can't be doing it? so. We can't be doing stuff like that. So, you know, we're kicking around with old <laughs> the artist formerly known as Charlie Austin, someone from Surfers Paradise Apollo, and you know, Little Mix's other half up front, trying to <laughs> trying to trying to trying to win the trying to win a gunfight with that. You know, so no, it wouldn't be a failure, but it would be very disappointing at this point. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I think I've got. I think I've got to agree. Um,
0: and I, I, I hope he should go up because I think it'd be quite refreshing to see Matt Warburton in the Premier League um, with his style of football. I think that'd be very good.
1: Absolutely um, terrifying. <laughs> same, same for us as Cardiff. Do we
2: reckon Lee Wallace would try and go round again? I'd like yeah, just. To go, I'd got to like. I'd almost pay to. Well, I would pay to see it, but Yeah <laughs>
0: Talking of promotion, um, I, I think the happiest memory has got to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Tarap season, I'll call it. Um, when Adel Tarap turned into one of the best players that's ever graced the second division in this country.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was sick. It's like a cheat sheet. Um start his level just so oh it was so much fun going to games like even if you didn't play well you knew he was just going to do something though like, we went up to Barnsley that season and we were so bad i don't think we got out of our penalty box like get angry at the referee Warnock was having an absolute coronary and like in the first minute of the game terap just dribbled past two players on the corner of the area and top bins it in the far corner and we won 1-0 cuz and that was it and it's like right fine so good um but they, there were some great players in that QPR team as well. It wasn't it wasn't just him yeah. like Ali Fallin played midfield. Mm. he got promoted with us to the Premier League and then was our best player in the Premier League And if his ACL hadn't gone, I think he would have got a big move and probably played for Argentina. Um, and at cover Way, like Carl Walker scored for us. We had Carl Walker in that team. Yeah he did. So like it wasn't just to, there was so many good players in that team. Paddy Kenny was great goalkeeper. Helgerson was such a great striker. So it wasn't just Tarrap, but yeah, Tarrap was absolutely outrageous. He's one of those players that I, I, I call a seat clacker. Um, and it's he
0: gets the ball and everyone stands up and you can just hear the seats going back to their, their natural <laughs> position. Except when
2: because... Tarap's in, in your team, mate, you're never sitting down. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that's good and bad at times.
1: <laughs> there's, there's a quality Twitter Twitter account as well. It's, just, it's called Stop It Tarap. To, uh, to No, I follow that, and every so often it throws out a lovely little bit of skill, and that's well worth a follow if you're if you're a QPR fan. I must admit.
2: Imagine having a season ticket for it, though. It was so it was so good. It was (laughs) so good. The previous two or three QPR managers hadn't picked him. That was like Magilton picked him for a bit, and we had this mad week where we beat in a week we did like Barnsley five two. Uh, we beat Preston 4 0. We beat Reading 4 2, having with a man sent off in the first half. And we beat Derby away 4 2, having been 2 0 down all in a week, basically in a 10 day period. And Majorton had got Tarap going. And then because Majorton's such a fucking head case, they all fell out with each other and it all, it all fell apart again. But like we had Paul Hart was our manager for a little while, didn't pick Tarap. Yeah. Mick Harford didn't pick Tarap. It was only when Warnock got in and was just like, "This guy could win his promotion by himself. Let's, just, we'll indulge him for a year. However much of a dickhead he is, just let him get on with it." Um, and he, he winner's promotion. That he did.
1: And excuse me, my mates. Uh, one of my mates is a Benfica fan. He's Portuguese, and he's obviously there now. And he's just—he's like, he's fallen out he's, with them now. He's, he's just a fat, lazy bastard. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's
2: fallen out. He's fallen out with them now. Like he can't. He's just he But this is, you know if a player of that ability hadn't been an absolute head case, he wouldn't have been within a thousand miles of QPR. We got him for a million quid because he was such a moron. So if they're playing for QPR, there's something wrong with them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's Albert Adoma's great, but he's 34. Mm. Yeah. Lyndon Dykes yeah. could be, could, Lyndon Dykes could be great, but He's very, very raw. If he was actually good, he wouldn't be playing for us. Like, he, there's always something wrong. They're always too young or too old or injury prone or mentally deficient. Like, to was. <laughs> it's
1: it yeah. link's, links back. Perfect to some of the cup players we've got right now. <laughs> we say the same thing about our cup players.
2: Do you know what? I, I,
0: we talk. There's been so many similarities throughout this, throughout this conversation. Offens. I'm just going to say one name to you, Brighten a Picare. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, so for your benefit club we had no, I, aware, I, am, One.
2: I am aware of this guy
0: <laughs> we had in League One phenomenal um, then went to Wigan and didn't play a game in the season they, they got renegade from the championship which was weird went to AEK Athens and got sacked um, <laughs> because of poor attitude went out and played in India and
1: totally, some, of, totally some of the
0: highlights are a joke from what he did in India and we re-signed him this year and a lot of people got very, very excited. And I must admit, I was one of the ones who was very, very worried because you hear, because you hear the stories.
1: Um, you don't get sacked from a club at AKF Athens after three games for, for being a good boy, do
0: And just, just the some, some of the stories that have come out that um, he refused to play. He he, at one point, someone rang and see where he was, and he was like, oh, I'm in Paris. He was like, yeah, but we
2: train in 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> just, Warnock, but, Warnock, Warnock basically has written a book on all his little... I mean, and Warnock just embellishes stuff because it's Warnock, right? But, you know, at one point, I think QPR had Adel Terat on loan away to AC Milan. You just think about this. like, It's yeah. QPR loaning a player <laughs> to AC Milan. It's just, ah, it's mad. You, you had Ravat Morrison at one point as well, didn't
0: you? Why are why you guys, you
2: guys taking right. Lunatic's? It's QPR, isn't it? We're like a um, we're like a sort of SPIV club. We're, we're always up to something, you know, there's a, a points deduction going on or we've been in trouble with the FA or we, we've tried a little workaround or whatever. We're like a sort of, you know, we used to be run, Jim Gregory, our, the chairman that sort of built the club up, was a used car dealer and that's QPR. we just, <laughs> yeah. like, just always up to something. Yeah, we'll have Ravel, why, why not? Um we- which makes sense why you had Harry Redknapp as manager at one point because yeah he that is was a too much of salesman. That was too that was too much like you know in Ghostbusters when they cross the streams you know Q <laughs> P R plus Redknapp is, it just opened a vortex through which like Tal Ben Haim and people started to escape and you know, <sighs> yeah that was yeah, oh, you had
0: you had that Cameronian left back who openly said he hated football
2: was it um, Asuwicato that's the one oh, yeah that was hard work. Uh, <laughs> We had Stefan and Beer who thought he was signing for Glasgow Rangers. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we spent Chris we spent twelve million pound in January on Chris Samber. I remember uh, that song then. He weighed about three times as much as he did at Blackburn. He played about six times, all of which were just horrendously disastrous. And then we sold him back to the same Russian club immediately after the end of the season for allegedly for twelve million. And then a week later, he moved to another Russian club for twelve million. Now you're telling me that that's legit. <laughs> Q, qpr plus red nap was and was like Brown and just, w- some w- of the stuff that went on just absolutely unbelievable I, I hated all of it i hated all of those players like w- geez, w- geez, some part, <laughs> julio had julio cesar that was like we had paddy kenny in goal perfectly fine uh signed robert green on twice his wage he was worse than kenny so in the same transfer window we signed julio cesar on twice his wage so suddenly just, you, you
1: you've gone from,
2: you've gone from paying one goalkeeper twenty thousand pounds a week to three goalkeepers a quarter of a million quid a week, and your goalkeepers are still shit. Like we're going
1: in a rabbit hole for this worse four saw, eleven of all, when it comes oh. to it. I I don't know, I don't know if we're gonna go with it. You know, <laughs> three or three or four players for every position this, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Was, was red nap in charge during the infamous wingy um incident? Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was that was red Gap. Again, just dodgy as hell, like <laughs> I Quick, lock the doors, I lock really, the doors. I could do a whole podcast on Red Now. I absolutely detest the boat. I just think he's such a chancer. I think he's in such a such a fraud and such a con. And it's all just been about, it's just always about moving players, moving players backwards and forwards, money changing out, like buys Defoe, sells Defoe, buys him back, stuff. And you just, it's so blatantly. Nico you know, Cruncher. Yeah, like
1: the,
2: the head of PR. Nico Crenshaw, God, yeah. <laughs> Very good, but just completely sort of fattened over over his career by that point. But yeah, we had Rio right. Ferdinand for a year. That was yeah, another disaster. that was a
0: car crash. I remember that.
2: See, Steven, Oz... Stephen Calker, like, never so That was another disaster. Um, some of the, so, like, the head of PR at QPR at the time would say that he, he'd be going home for the day across the car park and, like, national journalists that you will have heard of would be coming the other way and he'd be like, have we lads? Have we got like no, well? Number one, it's end of the day. Have we? Have we got an appointment? Like, no, nah, just popping in to see Harry. I need tell them a few things, and they would tell him a few things. It's just, I I hated it. I hated the whole period. I hated him and all of the players. Hated it. Hated it.
0: Is is, is that the worst moment being a keeper? I know you two've done the. Vauxhall no, Vauxhall, Motors but no, you'd yeah.
2: have to go. You'd have to go some to beat Vauxhall Motors. I'd like, yeah, but but I've never. I got in that, in that habit with Sven's England. I used to go to a lot of the England games and I sat in Old Trafford one afternoon watching England beat Wales and I was like, I hate Old Trafford because I hate Man United and I hate the way that guy on the tannoy keeps referring to me as Old Trafford. Good afternoon, Old Trafford. That's not my name, and I don't want to be it. <laughs> and I hate these people singing about the IRA and I also hate all these kids running around with inflatable foam hands oh. and I hate nine of the players. I hate them. Like John Terry... <laughs> Gary Neville, Frank Lampard, Rooney. I hate you. I hate all of you. Why am I? And I'd walked away and basically haven't been back to an England game since. And I actually got like that with QPR in the end. I was just looking at the team. I was like, apart from Ryan Nelson and Ali Fallin, I think all these people are twats. And why am I spending money going around the country, like watching and supporting? Yeah. I don't believe in what they're doing. I hate the players. They don't win they don't even draw I guess so I I actually end up hating my own team during that period so yeah it was pretty bleak you can tell tell I'm so happy with the team now I actually (laughs) actually
1: like this polar opposites speaking to you about those two periods yeah
0: yeah it's massive because I I remember that red nap period and like you say some of the signs I remember Joey Barton coming in and thinking oh for fuck's sake you bring in, right, then. You that are you bringing? That's why. Then it actually
2: all started under Mark Hughes. The, he started the like the ridiculous spend. Tony Fernandez bought the club and thought you could just chuck loads of money at it and we'd be like Man City. But it, as Everton are finding out now, if you're a li- if you're a middle of the, they sort of a middle of the road club. And we're a little club. If you do that, all you end up doing is paying a premium for players that Man City wow. don't want. You pay the same yeah. wage and fee for the players that can't get in there. You have to sort of think about it differently and do it differently, like, sadly, for you guys, Leicester do. Um, and we just... Uh, Hughes started that with Keir Jarabkian, who's also now involved at Everton. He's just like a vulture, that bloke. He can sense when there's some easy money going. Um, So Hughes started it, and then Redknapp just continued it. Like, Redknapp was like a donkey on chips, just like <laughs> just hoovering easy money up, like...
1: When we fair. got
2: relegated, when we got relegated the first time, he didn't even do the first two or three months of the season. He reckoned he'd had a knee operation and he was sort of hobbling around on cr- crutches. Steve McLaren did the first three months of that season. Red Knapp only started turning up in October. Got <laughs> got got promoted like the spawniest promotion ever. Spent eighty million quid in wages. Bobby Zamora scores in the last minute of the playoff yeah. final. But like okay, oh well, that was a lucky escape. Don't make all those mistakes again. Eight million quid on Stephen Corker. Okay, great. Right. Just that <laughs> we're going straight back in. <laughs> this
0: this is the content that we all came for. Because oh, uh, <laughs> you, you're right. I do remember it. And some of the songs, like you say, Gibraltar C. Say. I remember thinking, why? Why? Like, that's five years ago, maybe. I'm, I'm, Luke Remy was there at one point.
2: really? Oh, yeah, Louis Remy. Yeah. Jerry Jibril uh, Cisse. I think if you look it up, played nine games for us in the second half of that season, uh, and scored in six or six, he scored in six or seven games. Some really important and crucial goals for us, and got sent off in the other three. It was either a goal or a red card in every game. I actually liked Cisse. It was, you know, it was entertaining. <laughs> Joey Barton's the one that do, I always. I could sit here and tell you about how much I hate Joey Barton because I do. I think he's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of QPR fans really liked him. They rated him as a player and, you know, they liked, oh, at least he cares, at least he's passionate or whatever. So I fucking hate him and I hate that he was ever at our club, but it is, I have to say, because if any QPR fans are still listening by this point, there'll be a lot of people that do like him and thought that at least he was one of the ones that tried. So I always say that for balance, but for me, you can get in the sea.
0: Were you at the Etihad for the famous Aguero Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we were celebrating because... Like, it means Man United don't win the league. We only so. had to... What did we have to do? As long as Bolton didn't win at Stoke, we were fine, I think. Because we'd beaten Stoke the previous week in the last minute. So, as long as Bolton didn't win at Stoke, we were fine. And just as Man City made it 2-2 in like the 91st minute or whatever, we heard that the Stoke game was over. So, we were safe. And then, obviously, Aguero scores. And the Man City fans nearly away and turned to give it the big one to us.
1: And, and we were celebrating
2: we were celebrating with them back because at that point it became about we didn't want Man United to win Not the league. to win the league, yeah. Everyone hates Man United and QPR hate Man United especially for, for various historical reasons. Um so yeah, we we were celebrating the Aguero goal with everyone else. Like I remember these Man City fans turning to give it the bigger and they were like, What's going on over there, like <laughs> more limbs in the away perfect, than day, perfect day, perfect day. Until recently, I think I what, recently, watching, I think, I think Burnley probably beat it, but until recently, QPR, had the record for the least passes completed in the Premier League game in that played like 96 minutes and completed 82 passes. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> More less than a pass a minute. <laughs> I remember That's watching nice. that game. Um, you, you didn't you know one nil up? Uh what do we do? Uh, Jamie one 0 down, one nil down, two one up. That's the one. Um, I, two, I remember two, thinking two one up ten men. Because Joey, yeah. did, Joey did his bit and got sent off, didn't he? Fucking and,
0: and, and tried to take Tevez with him. Did I'll he? I'll f-
2: Did that. he Did he fuck? That was his excuse. <laughs> oh, try and take one with you. My ass. He, he just he <laughs> lost it. The red miss was down.
1: Arsehole.
0: Yeah. I tend to 100%. 100%. Um, so I could go on talking about that period for ages, I know you could as well. Um, but let's. Get get to my favourite part. I love looking at the connections between our you know our clubs. Speaking for for the last hour or so, we've noticed a few. Um, I've noticed there's four players at the minute though in our in our squads that have played for the opposite sides. Um so in your camp, you've got George Thomas, who scored one of the best goals in my lifetime, that goal in the checker trade final. AD, you pull in a face, what? you what? can't see oh. this. <laughs> Mate, I got to see Cobb win at Wembley, and I never saw that. Would happen.
1: Best goal in my lifetime. <laughs> no, he's up there. give yourself a wobble.
0: It's up there. It's a beautiful goal. Um, but then he fucked off to Leicester, so we don't talk about him. But obviously, you guys brought him in, which I found a bit weird. And you got Sam McCallum, um in at left back, um, who was brilliant for us the last three years, I think it is. Yeah, yeah we, we brought him in from non league, sold him on to. Uh, Norwich had him on learning a couple of songs and I was with you guys. First, how's Sam got on for you?
2: I like Sam. Uh, he's he's here basically because like I say, Lee Wallace is like nearly dead. So <laughs> you need you need someone to cover. Um, and unfortunately he's blown his hamstring out, but he was playing well before that. Uh, he's been injured a long time now. Um so that's a shame because he looks all right. Uh, nice boy. And have you have you have you witnessed the long throw? <laughs> We uh, yes, but Warburton frowns. Warburton kind of sees things like that as a bit, bit a bit beneath him. So uh, <laughs> you you can tell we're getting desperate when we start doing things like that. Because Lyndon Dykes can throw it from one side of the pitch to the other. He used to be a rugby league mm. player, um, but Warbs doesn't let him do that either. You know, we should, we should be above long throws apparently. So <laughs> so yes, yes is, I have, but only only briefly while we isn't? were desperate. Um, George Thomas doesn't get in the team really because he's not as good as Chair Willock. Willock. Um, Unfortunate I'm for him, sure. but just a fact of life.
0: No. Nah, um, and then there's two in the Coventry camp. Um Bidwell only signed um
2: a couple of days ago. Looks like he could potentially make his debut against QPR. Very very then, steady his bids, very steady. Uh like just sort of six and seven out of ten every week. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna notice him. Um yeah. Just I'm happy with that.
1: <laughs> I'm up that as well. I've heard, I've heard yeah, numerous people say that. All the Swans uh, fans I've spoken to have said the same sort of thing. It's, it's just he's consistent, Mr. Consistent or do what he needs to do and he's nothing spectacular, which should do yeah. me
2: has it has yeah. an absolute meltdown whenever you play Brentford, but you're not playing them this season, so you should be all right. <laughs> that, that that works for me. That that works
0: for me. Um would he get a good reception from, from the fans?
2: Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think there's yeah. any I don't think there's any acrimony there. We just couldn't afford his uh, contract to keep him. Like I say cutting the wage bill as much as we have when players like that came up for renewal we just couldn't renew it so mm-hmm. yeah I don't think there'll be any acrimony there like, like the Todd, Todd Kane on the other hand <laughs> <laughs> I would say unlike the other player about to mention Toddy, <laughs> Toddy,
0: Toddy, Toddy Kane now Dynamite obviously we signed at the Starman um, in the summer for, from yourself and there was a there was a lot of talk on social media about his attitude and things he'd said in interviews and um, various sort of quotes, I think, the, the, the best word for it. Um, and a lot of QPR fans said good luck because you're going to need it. Um, were you, were you guys glad to see the back of him?
2: Yes, but um, he's sort of on a losing footing to start with a QPR coming from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, and also want i hate those chelsea they, like those players that chelsea just have in their academy forever and ever and ever and do 12 <laughs> loan spells and they get rich as fuck you know i just i, I players I like that time. yeah not so and then he came in and started quite well but he's he's consistent his consistency particularly in his delivery from wing back so his crosses were wild and it just it wound people up that people would sort of moan and groan when he was crossing it into the stand and then he'd get one right or score a goal and give it like fingers in his ears celebration. Excuse, fuck off, mate. Yeah, good like you can't boot, boot the ball oh, in the I quite like, that. You like boot the ball in the stand. You've been booting the ball in the stand for six months. Now you've scored a goal against Bournemouth and you're putting your fingers in your ears. Like steady down. Right. It's funny um, you say
1: that because you scored against Bournemouth for us and give it a load of shit, didn't you? So.
2: Yeah. Uh, I can vaguely remember
0: mate, limbs is one word for it.
2: Um, and, um yeah, then he gave this interview to, we've got another, there's a QPR site run by like young journalists and students, like just young lads that set it up. It's actually a really good idea and they get they get player interviews and I don't know if it's because they're young or whatever, but Todd Kane just went completely off piste in this interview and started coating off our other right back who's like out of the youth team. He's had such a bad season now that I think a lot of QPR fans would actually tell you that Todd Kane might have been right. But you just, it's, it was this, it's the sort of stuff that you just don't say. Like, just like really arrogant. Again, the Chelsea thing. Just like, I, I know I'm 100 times better than him. And like, people talk about Alzi Kakai, but he's been on loan in Scottish Division 2 while I was getting a £14 million pound bid from Sheffield United. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Just makes you sound like a right prick.
0: Um, no, to be fair i can understand why that would rub you up the wrong way yeah you do, you do realize if we score on on saturday it will be at the end of your fans are and i can see him just
2: yeah wouldn't wouldn't doubt it i think he probably because it was it wasn't the fans that forced him or whatever warburton just saw the interview and was just like no absolutely not and and binned him straight away warburton i've been on the wrong end of him when you say you say something that you think is funny or you try and make a joke in an interview and he like if he if it's Anywhere within the vague vicinity of disrespectful, the, the guy just won't have it. Like, he just, yeah, he's sort of obsessive compulsive about being respectful to everyone. I was listening to Matt Mills on Under the Cosh last week, and he said yeah. that when Warburton went in at Forest, he pulled him in the first week and said, you can't speak to the other players like that. And it, that's Warburton. He just, he won't have anything like that. So he just binned him straight off on the back of that interview. It wasn't wasn't like the fans forced him out or anything, because the fans weren't at the games. Um so yeah, I've no doubt that he's going to play really well and probably score and probably put his fucking fingers in his ears and get all like a couple, Yeah, them, what are you going to do? Like <laughs> he he won't get a good reception at all.
1: He's been brilliant for us, to be He I
2: he, nice. he really
0: has. Uh, he had a brilliant game on Saturday. Um, I can only remember one bad game, and that was the first half at Blackburn. We played him at left wing back, and Neombe tore him to pieces to the point that at halftime he got swapped back to right back, and he had he, he had a good game. And um, the, the thing I find baffling is that you mentioned about his deliveries. His deliveries have been pinpoint
1: over. Yeah,
2: so well I'm i I'm um, amazed at, I'm amazed at that because honestly it was just like firing a gun in the air with with us. Like <laughs> could have gone anywhere.
1: even more so, I will touch upon what you're saying as well, huh, Neil, is is he's, he's been taking all our corners when Hamers took him for the best part of yeah. two seasons and every hopes about his delivery his delivery's been terrible, I think. Hamers and obviously Kane's coming in and hit these corners. I think he's... he's yeah, I think he assisted Is assisted, he assisted? most this season, probably three or four in the last couple of games, well, compared to else.
2: I am astonished at that. <laughs> well,
0: well, there was a lot of talk when he came in. So he came in and um, everyone's confused because we've got, I can never say his first name, Dabo. Uh, I always say Frank for some reason. His name's not Frank. It's I'm, Frank. I'm that, that's the one. Again, another ex-Chelsea Academy player. Um, and he's been a bit of a court hero for us. Was involved in the league one winning season. Lovely bloke, great player. But his delivery leaves a lot to be desired. And obviously, Todd's came in and he's got more assists in like five games than Dabo's in the season and a half.
2: Well, Dabo, um, played, Dabo played well against us last season, certainly in the game, in the away game. And when Kane moved, the general opinion on our message board was that he was going to go and sit on the bench behind that guy. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm amazed that he's taking the corners. I mean, that's... that's. It was very monkeys and typewriters with us with his delivery from... What, eventually, <laughs> when it was going to go okay. Ah, that's, Banging the
0: and, and the thing is, I could now see Clive's typing on the message board as we're speaking, saying,
2: these boys actually like him. No, I'm typing... <laughs> ty- he takes the bloody corners, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait for him to assist somebody from a corner and bang it in. <clears throat>
0: Going back to some other players that have worn the sky blue and the blue and white hoops, a um, couple of old heads in there. Gary Bannister uh, Gary was Bannister, a Cob Lad. Yeah. Great. Uh, who had a good spell with yourselves. I never knew that Jerry Francis played for us for a season in the eighties. Who's obviously a legend.
2: Um, yeah. Daniel Way. Yeah, he's had like six or seven spells. Uh, Peter Reed is another one i don't mention um, his name, please. Five, five games at the end of his career in the top division playing in midfield with Ray Wilkins. Has there ever been an Jesus older, slower Lord. central midfield than Peter Reid and Ray Wilkins in the first division? We fucking won well. 3 0 away at Alice with that as your central midfield.
1: Wow. You yeah,
0: you were lucky enough to have Ian Dowie manage you as as much as we did.
2: Dowie, yeah, a bit unlucky. Bit unlucky, like it was there when Flavio was there, so you know, you only ever lasted two minutes with him. But I think he won eight of his 15 games, uh, and got the sack anyway, just because Briatore was a mental. Um,
1: <laughs> so yeah, it, was, it was a bit leaders unlucky. Leaders.
2: With us. Ian Dowie also played for us, uh, less mm. unlucky you know, in that respect. Mark Haitley, oh, Mark yeah, Hight- well, don't yeah. Mention, yeah, hated at QPR, like, absolutely. On a losing wicket because he was bought to replace Les Ferdinand. So, oh, there we go. You know, yeah, but also, go. also top knobhead.
1: Who's <laughs> <laughs> one from the modern era? So I say modern era, but more... Leon even, Clark. Leon Clark. John Eustace as well. John Eustace. He's, oh, yeah, back, his
2: assistant. Yeah. Um, loitering around waiting for Warburton to retire, I think. Um, keeps turning <laughs> down jobs. Wegley mentioned, didn't we? Well, yeah, uh, Roy,
0: super Roy.
1: Um,
2: Gary Gary, ba- Ga- Gary oh. yeah. Yeah
1: was frigging yeah. awful for us.
2: Yeah, and us. <laughs> Terrible footballer. Peter
1: <laughs> Ramage. Oh. Quite,
2: like, quite like Peter. Basic, but honest, you know. Tried we, tried his hardest.
0: We signed him from India.
2: Um, no, and, I never missed
0: that. Yeah, and you can just tell that he'd been enjoying himself a little bit out there and not really playing football.
2: Um, Amazing he got all... out there with his complexion. But <laughs> 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 he'd kill him. He, he gets some burnt open in the fridge, bless him. Uh, uh, Paul Furlong.
0: <laughs> Paul yeah. Furlong was, was one I was going to touch on, which we had in early 90s. You guys had him towards the end of his career. But um, well, I remember us having a Canadian lad on loan from you, Michael
2: Petrasso. Pat- uh, yeah, just not quite good enough. I think he's at Barnet now or somewhere like that.
0: I, I think I've seen him at York when I was researching this. Um, but there's one name that stands out. Um, and Coffan's Jay Bothroyd.
2: Oh yeah, one of the big again when we were just chucking bad money after good and good money after bad in the Premier League, he came in and in amongst that um, scored against Man City for us. Um, yeah, yeah, like underwhelming, and you know never gave the impression that he was really uh, that asked. Um, <laughs> actually, if it, you watch, it, it if exactly, you watch, if you ever see the Aguero goal back further than the Aguero goal. Obviously, Zeko scores in like 92 minutes to make it 2-2 and City need a winner. QPR kickoff. Bothroyd takes that kickoff. He literally takes it one step out of his feet and bangs it straight in the sidestand. And they take the throw in and score. Like no attempt to maybe we'll pass the ball. Maybe we'll put five passes together. Maybe we'll go back to Kenny and keep it. Maybe we'll try and run the clock there. Just got it whacked it and they took the throw in and scored off that so yeah, yeah that's, that's, it,
0: that's his it, biggest contribution for us we signed him from Arsenal he played against us in the youth
2: club and tore us to pieces
1: Mercurial um, talent he was classed yeah. as weren't he
2: yeah it was like yeah. some big sign I, I do remember Cobb signing him and it being some big deal and, and he was fucking pony <laughs> <And>, Um <laughs> it was the Serie A mate from us he just never yeah. looked asked to me he just never
0: it, looked arsed. exactly that and, and I think that's something I've seen a, funny enough um, my mate said this to me at QPR. We talk about Tyler Walker, who's left us today to go to, to Portsmouth. Uh, and my mate said he just reminds me of Jay Bothroyd. He's, he's got that sort of body language that can't be asked. But you with can him, tell that with as- him, though,
2: I don't think he's quite good enough. Whereas with Bothroyd, I always thought he was good enough. Yeah. If, you could, if you could motivate him or get his head out of his ass, and because he did well for Cardiff, didn't he? Actually, got in bloody England squad as a Championship player at Cardiff. Oh no, can't wonder. But yeah. now, I remember coming on thinking, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: thought I would definitely go to his and, and I've got to put an honourable mention here for for one player, Lee Camp, um, who came lovely came in last season. We, we had um, Marco Morozzi, our first choice keeper, got injured, um, and we had no keepers. He came in on a non-contract basis, I think, for about six weeks. Didn't play a game. Was on the bench a couple of times. Um, I really wanted him to stick around, you know, because he's been there. He's been around the block, hasn't he? He's a good keeper.
2: Um, and he was your number one for a few years, wasn't he? Got, yeah, he's been. he's had more than one spell at QPR and, and got QPR out of some massive... He first turned up in that Holloway promotion season. We ran out of goalkeepers with about two months left and picked him up on loan from Derby on the bus on the way up to an away game at Hartlepool. <laughs> and he was, un- he was unbelievable then and stayed, got us promoted um then when we were we went back and bought him and he was with us for ages then he had a big fallout with Flavia honestly you could write a like it's a proper soap opera league camp at QPR had two or three spells with us I've got to declare a slight interest because when I lived up in Sheffield him and his old man used to get the train down with me so I do know I know his dad who's a fairly outspoken fellow um and yeah, I I loved him. I thought he was great. And then right at the end of his career, came back with Birmingham a couple of years ago, and I'd seen his dad. And he was like, oh, well, Lee was going to pack in. He'd been released by Sunderland. He said his knees, his knees gone. Basically, it, it can only really dive one way. Um, but, but but Birmingham have offered him a deal, so he's you know he's taken it and topped it up and whatever. But he's he's not what he was and whatever. We went four 0 down to Birmingham in the first twenty minutes. Joel Lynch had one of his special days. And then we just we started clawing it back. Like, Cooper, I've done this twice, been 4 0 down at half time and got something out of it away at Port Vale and at home to Newcastle. So we're 4 0 down. We start clawing it back. It gets about 85th, 86th minutes, 4 3, and the ground's going ape shit and piling on. We get fucking penalty, don't we, in the last minute. And I, just, I thought, oh, God, it's camp. And he can only dive one way because his dad's told me. It's like, don't go that way, Naki, and he fucking saved it. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, was, yeah, still bit, still bitter about that one. <laughs>
1: That's a cracking way I
0: enjoyed that. That is that that is up there. Um, I, I, I'm I'm stuck for any more that I could find. I'm not sure if you had any more names to uh, to to chuck on the pile. Um, Kenny
2: say Kenny Samson played for both. Bit of a legend.
0: Kenny Samson yeah, uh, legend at Arsenal as well. Um. I know he's had some tough personal side, and it looks like he's turning that around. So fair play to him.
2: Keith, Keith Rowland, maybe he was absolute crap for us. But I think he was at Coventry early in his career. It's absolute awful for us. Alan Brazil, wow. Alan Brazil, Alan That's Brazil like. in the in the in the early fat days, as opposed to the real <laughs> days. <laughs> Leon Best, absolutely terrible for us. I yeah. never knew. I never knew you had Leon Best. Yeah, had him on loan. He was crap.
0: He, he, he was okay for us. He, he had spells, didn't he? he I, I seem to remember he had the... Um, oh, he broke
1: his cheekbone, mate. Uh, his he, he broke
0: his cheekbone and wore a mask um, and um, was on fire. and got signed by Newcastle when they were in the Championship and a great story about that. So I knew a couple of the players at the time and I won't name their names um, who were still speaking to Leon. And we went up to Newcastle and we lost 4-1. Clinton and Morrison scored. Um, and I happened to be out having a few drinks with with these guys and Clinton was there and Leon Best was still in the WhatsApp group giving a bit of stick at which point Clinton Morrison responded and I seen the text message fuck off Leon, I've scored more goals than you were St James's part this season (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, I I think that was one of the best text messages I've ever seen
2: Uh. (laughs) Andy, Andy M. P. was the other one who I gather was a bit crap for you guys. Oh, yeah. we, we had him on uh, towards towards the end of his career. Yeah, right. at the end. Like he's a play he's, deal, He was and... so, so good for us. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard some yeah. stories about
1: Andy Impey and how much he was getting getting paid. I think it was like every time he came on he was getting a grand. Like yeah. that. It was ridiculous. He was so so, like so,
2: so good for us though. Absolutely brilliant.
0: You've got to that back, back in the He's sitting there just winding down and then you're sitting on the bench and the ga- you see the gaffer goes... Shot on Andy, you
2: go, oh, get him! get
1: him! That's what it was, mate. It was literally that. It was literally you throwing throw money at him just to come on and just fucking top up his appearances. and fucking it was, it, I mean,
2: it. probably the best thing Impey ever did, like QPR fans remember a game at Coventry at Highfield Road like, at the end of one season that basically it finished us off and got us relegated because the other results went against us. Three games out from the end of the season, fucking Ian Jess scored.
0: Ian wow. Jess,
2: yeah. And um, Impey lost. Uh, Impey punched someone straight in the face and got sent off in that game. Uh, and QPR, QPR got relegated that day. Like everyone, like if you mention Ian Jess on a QPR message board, everyone sort of shudders a little bit because we basically we got relegated that day.
1: cough fans shudder as well. How well, shitty uh, was for us?
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about the very, typical QPR, right? It's the best thing he's ever done. Right?
0: I was going to say, you may hear the chant of, there's only one Eon Jess on Saturday now. Uh, No, 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 (laughs) it's does that.
2: that Bad memories, that one, yeah. But yeah, him someone, I reckon that's probably the best thing he ever did at Carver. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think he'd probably fit in Aids' worst side, which is the perfect segue. Aids, this is your baby, you take it away, mate.
1: It is, so I I suppose you have to speak about these players long and hard. I know we said we could probably fill every position three times over, if you had to pick your imperfect, perfect follow up solid team, what would it be?
2: So I thought about this, like we're, we're talking, I could easily tell you like the worst ones are, are almost easier. It's just like Adam Ola-Bancola is the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen before in my life. I think it's like easy, You probably Bob Malcolm or Zesh Raymond or Carl Reddy at Zesh the back Raymond. and... You know people like Brett Angel further forward, um, Who else was bad? Bob Taylor towards the end of his career, not the West Brom one that was good, the big, fat, ugly one from Gillingham that was bad. We had him for a little while. Um, but I hate the I hate that Redknapp Hughes intake more because they were in, they were brilliant players that that yeah. didn't do it for us and didn't care. So I'd probably go more like people like Cesar and Sean Wright, Phillips, Luke Young. Yeah, um, to, so yeah i was really taught i was really taught that i could sit here and tell you 100 funny stories about terrible qpr players and bob malcolm falling asleep in the middle of the m1 at the wheel of his land rover and stuff like that but you know <laughs> sort of shooting fish in a barrel at qpr the ones that i actually <laughs> hate are the 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 bastards that came and earned a hundred thousand pound a week and and you know tore the club apart so see yeah. The, the, the whole Rio thing, I've got a
0: it really baffled me. I loved Rio when he was at United in England because I thought he was a Rolls Royce of a centre half and he should have retired. But I think he tarnished his legacy
2: with the move to QPR. Well, he said he was going to retire and then Red Knapp rung him up. It's like, talk about doing, doing due diligence, Just like-
1: throwing, throwing cash Oh,
2: yeah. To be fair, I think, yeah. he had a, I think he had a bad time off the pitch, like a QPR as well, with, yeah. his, like, with his wife and whatever, so I never go in too heavy on him, but yeah, he was so far past it, it was alarming, at the state had gone downhill. Jermaine Genus, pretty similar, <laughs> yeah. around 10 yards, away from anything, 10 yards away from anything that ever happens. Like, <laughs> it's actually a remarkable ability to always be 10 yards away from whatever's happening, Um <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's it's tough at QPR because we've had so many bad players and so many twats, but also like every now and again it goes really well.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, look, I, I could honestly sit here and talk to you all night, but
2: well, it, we get, as as we've sat here, Fulham have scored five more goals. So wow, of course they
0: have. Of course. They have. <laughs> Another have. And, 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 and I bet Mitrovic has got four of them.
2: The fucking fucking uh, oh sorry, uh, take it back. While I was saying that is six.
1: Oh, I think six,
2: six and seven in a week. I think the six, six
1: two, six two. Um, then so something six, like two.
2: 70, 77, 78 goals away from Peterborough now, or something. There's like yeah, the swing so between the that. top and Peterborough is unbelievable. And, and well, one, the, was...
1: shock, the shocking thing out of that, Neil, is Mitro didn't score.
2: Fucking hell. I, I actually
0: mentioned this on Monday night. So on a Monday night, I present um, a football league show on Twitch with a couple of guys, and one of them is a Fulham fan. And we spoke about, I don't know if you've seen Lee Bowie's interview after the game at the weekend, um, yeah. where, where they told him what the score was, and he went, oh, so they scored 13 goals in two. Can't wait to you <laughs> It's fucking
2: brilliant. Yeah, nineteen. That's... Well, anyway, Lee Bowie's attempts to keep it tight lasted as long as a tenth-minute own goal by Mark Roberts. Like, keep it tight, lads. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> just what you need to just right. We've got full on right.
0: Let's, let's, let's shut up, shut Keep it tight. Ten minutes yeah. own goal as
2: own
1: well. Goal. <laughs> Mate, yeah, it's, it's their goal difference at the moment. is forty-seven. Yeah. The season so far. I've just had a quick look at the table as I'm and speaking.
0: Peter. Peterborough are 27 under, that, so that's
1: what. Yeah, so
2: it's 70 Yeah, 70 something, 70 something swing between them and peter It's mad in oh, it. So, you know, same division. That, that's that, that's crazy.
0: Right, I, I think um that pretty much sums up uh,
2: our chat. I, I really appreciate. you, you no, no, I I've, been, I've you, enjoyed I'm yeah, stuck. at my mums, this week. So it was nice to have someone just to talk <laughs> to. Um,
0: it, it, anyone listening, you, you do the the um loft for words blog.
2: Yeah, right? loft for words. Um, it's as you can probably tell from this podcast, it's massively long-winded, long-form written. You know, if you want fucking four thousand words on QPR cover, I can't imagine why you would. But that's that's what it is. <laughs>
0: Now I, I've got a lot of time for that, so go and check that out. And you're part of a, a QPR podcast as well. So anyone who wants to find out more, and you, you did some player interviews, um and, and you, you know you've touched on some some interviews with staff as well. So
2: yeah, I get to go and get Mark Warburton yells at me once a year. So um yeah, there's there's interviews and stuff on there. You can you can see me asking stupid questions and getting shouted at for it. If, you, <laughs> if that's <laughs> that's what entertain. There's actually to be fair, we did one with the head of recruitment at QPR. Um, which I think would probably be interesting for, you know, anyone that's sort of that way inclined at the moment, thinking about data analytics and how clubs on small budgets are trying to compete and finding workarounds and scouting and how Brexit affects it all. So there was actually a load of stuff in there. If you search for Andy Belk on our website, that would probably be the most interesting thing on there for for non-CR fans. Awesome.
1: Good plug. Thank Thank you.
0: Um, Yeah. So, Good luck for the rest of the season apart from Saturday. Um, Thanks, Ed. i will touch on I hope you do. I hope your boys go up. Um, and yeah, again, it, it, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Aids, thank you again for, for spending a bit more time with me, mate.
1: Pleasure's all yours, mate.
0: <laughs> As always, and we'll catch you again soon.